can put yourself out there, then it only goes up from there. So I think if you're really wanting to start something, just go ahead and start it and continue to learn more about what you're doing so that you can improve and, you know, just continuously make your content or your brand or your business better. And then Again, just be really consistent if this is something that you want to do. The more consistent you are, the more that you show up for people, the more that they are also going to show up for you. And yeah, I don't know. Just never give up. I have had some times where I'm like, oh, should I just throw in the towel and quit YouTube? And then I'm like, I've built this thing up for so many years and I've, you know, had some success at it. And so I'm everyone like, gets there. I, don't know. I get there gets and I've been spray tanning for years and it's like, I suck at spray tanning or is this worth it? I mean, those are just normal conversations everyone will have and no matter exactly. what industry. Exactly. But at the end of the day, you know, when I really think about what I want to be doing with my life in five or 10 years, like I want to be my own boss. I want to be running my own social media agency and teaching other people how, you know, to start their own YouTube channels and to be successful on Instagram. Hey guys, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Don't Call Me Girl Boss. This week I have on Cicely Boone. She is an influencer in Austin and she also has a podcast, sorry, podcast called Fake It Pod. And I was actually on an episode of her podcast and we already had planned for her to come on to mine. So I'm super excited. I actually met Cicely. <laughs> so I told myself when I moved to Austin, Texas, I was just going to say yes to everything. Any opportunity that arose, I'm just going to say yes and take it even as uncomfortable as it probably would make me be. And one of the things that was a yes to was a kimchi photo shoot for Kimchi Johns. They're actually really good. And they are in Austin and they're at like, I think, um, Royal Blue Grocer. And so, um, it was for, so Stratton, she was looking for models and I was like, whatever, I'll do it. And so, um, I met Cicely there and I actually met my other good friend, Hannah there, who I've been to her farm in Page, Texas. So it's kind of funny. Like I have like these friends from this random ass photo shoot, but, um, I instantly connected with Cicely. I really like her. She's younger and she comes off as very mature though. Like I didn't realize that she was young until she told me and I was like, what? That's weird. Um, I totally thought you were my age. So she's super mature for her age. She has moved to LA back to Austin. She did the whole, she is doing the whole YouTube thing. And she's also amazing at graphics. Like this girl, once I make enough money, I'm going to hire her to do my graphics because she is so talented and she's taught herself. She just graduated college and got her marketing degree and has started her full-time job. And so one of the things that I've talked to her about is um, going, choosing to go to a full-time job versus investing fully in yourself and just taking the risk and having her make enough money off of her social media, her graphic skills, her social media skills. And so I can't wait to dive into that conversation with her and kind of pick her brain about why she sided with one versus the other. Get some insight also into how she makes these amazing graphics. Hopefully she'll share some tips with us. So I'm just super excited to have her on. So without further ado, here is Cicely. Call Me Girl Boss is a podcast dedicated to sharing the journey, struggles, and successes women small business owners go through. I host Jessica Buck, a small business owner myself, interviews women who haven't made a million dollars yet. I interview women at any stage of owning a business and focus on the struggles so listeners can really relate to the guest. I hope in listening to this podcast, you find your go-to source to get the real scoop of what it is like to be a woman small business owner. pretty okay right now I'm commuting because um I haven't moved into my apartment yet so it I have to get up so freaking early but in February I'm moving like 10 minutes from where I'm gonna be working which is like kind of by the domain again mm. which I'm so excited about um where's your so work, yeah, where like, is it close to is it up north yeah it's in Cedar Park oh shit and you're in Austin I know. you're in like South Austin right 
Yes, it takes me like 40 minutes in the morning and then like an hour on my way home and I hate it, but I'm like, it's okay. It's only for like three more weeks and then I get to move. Into my yeah, new place, so. you're just gonna it's- appreciate it so much more. I know. And I'm like, well, at least I'll be like already on a schedule of waking up early. Cause I'm like, maybe I'll just start working out early since I already w- am like waking up so early. Yeah, definitely. So how, what job did you get? Um, so I do, I'm like an SEO strategist. That's like my title for Mandala Trading Company and they're like a craft company. So I do SEO for like all their products and like product descriptions and stuff like that. And then I do product photography and website design. And once they hire another person who um, is going to be more full-time SEO, they're going to switch me to doing all of their social media and like influencer outreach and stuff. So it's like right up my alley. Yeah. I feel like that's a very perfect job, like a perfect job for you. Yeah. So I really like it. Everyone's really nice. And it's like a small business, which I also just really like that environment more than like any big corporate environment. So that's amazing. So before we get into a little bit more of that, um, where did you grow up? So I like to say that I'm from Austin because I pretty much grew up in Austin. I moved here when I was 10 years old and I lived here until I was 18 And then I moved to LA. So I've been all over the place. I'm actually from technically like I was born in Grand Rapids, Michigan, which I feel like a lot of people don't know about me. (laughs) And then even before I moved to Texas, I lived in about, I think, seven other states. Is your family like in the military or something? No, my dad was a music pastor growing up for like a Christian church. So we kind of would travel wherever churches really needed like my dad to come in and really revamp their whole music program, get a choir and a band together and stuff like that. So I don't know, my parents really liked moving and kind of hopping around places and I didn't mind it because that's all I knew. But now I find it hard to stay in one place for a long time. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. So you moved to LA. What, why did you end up moving to LA? Yeah. So right out of high school, I ended up going to FITM or the Fashion Institute of Design and Merchandising. And initially what I thought I wanted to do right out of college or right going into college was beauty, merchandising and management. That was my degree that I was going for. And I really wanted to do like product development for a beauty brand or a skincare brand or just something like that. Um, So I moved out there to go to school and I went there for about three years. I finished my first degree and worked for an extra year just in LA for Persona Cosmetics, which that was like my first big girl job. And then I was also taking online classes at the same time to get my bachelor's degree because my degree from FITM was only an associate's degree. So after starting that, you know, that was something that I really, really just wanted to to do for myself. It was really important to me to get my bachelor's degree. And with it being online and everything, it was easier to work. Yes, but I was just working too much because of how expensive LA is and all that. And I could not I don't know. It was just really, really hard for me to focus fully on school and on work. So I chose school because it's temporary. And I moved back to Austin then to just finish school online, you know, not have to work 50 hours a week to support myself or like, you know, pay for my apartment, pay for my car, all that kind of stuff. So that's why I moved to LA. And that's how I ended up back in Austin, which is where I am now. And in between all of this, you were also starting your YouTube and influencing, right? Yes. So I actually <laughs> forgot to I know, mention I, that whole gig. I know. I I do I do so much honestly, but I started my YouTube channel actually in high school, so before all of that everything with college. And I think I was about like 14 or 15 wow. when I really got into YouTube and started watching a lot of different YouTubers mainly like beauty tutorials, makeup tutorials, hair tutorials, stuff like who that. Who was the one influencer and- who made you want to do it? So this is funny, and I will never forget it ever, but Megan Parkin, who's from Austin, was like my favorite YouTuber. I think I was like, I don't know, 13, 14, and I watched her for a few years, 
And I was like, oh my gosh, you know, she's from Austin too. And look at her doing all this awesome stuff. So I was like, I think I can do it. And that's kind of why I started. (laughs) That's amazing. I always love to like know what started or like triggered that in your mind to go ahead and do that. And I've seen her on Instagram and I didn't even realize she was a YouTuber until like you just said that because I'm like, how does this girl have so many followers? I didn't even have no idea. I thought it was just because she was super hot. So I had <laughs> no idea. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she's like literally gorgeous, but back in the day, she's done like YouTube videos, but back in the day she was really like beauty focused and I just loved it. I mean, I feel like a lot of people, you know, in 2012, 2013 were beauty YouTubers. Like that was such a huge thing. I mean, it still is, but it's turning more there lifestyle. Wasn't- yeah, yeah, totally. People were just like strictly beauty YouTubers then. And so I loved watching her videos. I thought it was awesome. Again, that she just she was from the same like area that I was and I saw her doing all these awesome things and I was like, "You know what? I think I would really like to do that." So I just started filming videos on my MacBook Pro. Literally did not even have a camera when I first started and just started uploading them to YouTube. My first video is still on YouTube. It is a flat iron review. <laughs> I'm gonna I go think. watch it. it. Was, it's so funny. And I have like really dark brown hair and my voice is so high pitched because I was like what 14 years old. It's so it's, funny. It's so funny. What did your say? Like, what are you like? I'm gonna become a YouTuber. Yeah, so the funny thing is I didn't tell them like for a long time. <laughs> I You were closet YouTube. Yes, I literally was. It was so funny. But I didn't tell my parents until I got my first check from AdSense. And then I handed it to my mom and was like, look, this is a real job. I'm gonna keep doing it. Because I don't I don't know. I think thought I was afraid that they would be like, stop, like stranger danger, predators on the internet. I don't want my child posting. We'll like watch it and make fun of you because that just like kind of like you know the relationship you have but it's also like yeah stabbing you with a knife at the same time exactly so I think I was just like afraid of people's like opinions and judgments and I mean especially my family because like obviously I live with them every day growing up I gotta hear it and if they didn't like it they could easily tell me like I'm not allowed to go on YouTube yeah at like 13 14 years old you know what I mean so I was, yeah, a closet YouTuber for a while. And I love I just that started term. posting videos. I know. That is hilarious. I'm going to start using that now. You need to, like, start it as a closet YouTuber in your bio or something. Oh, my gosh. That's hilarious. So you mentioned AdSense. So how do you monetize on YouTube? I've never gone into that realm. So if even for, like, people who are listening, how would you monetize that? Yeah, so it's built directly into YouTube, which I love. But basically, YouTube works with Google AdSense to put ads on your videos. So when you upload a video, you just like upload it normally. And then there's an option that you can click that says, like, click for monetization. And if you click that and you get approved, usually like you can't have any curse words, like profanities, things like that. Um, for monetization, there's like a bunch of different requirements, but they're pretty like general, like as long as you're not doing something highly inappropriate, it should be fine. Mm -hmm. Um, and then you click upload, whatever, and it automatically does it. But basically people and brands, like brands buy ads to put on YouTube and YouTube gets those through Google AdSense. So when YouTube puts those ads on your videos, you make a percentage of the money from the ads based on how many views you're getting per video. Typically that's how it used to be. I think that it is still similar to that. Now it might be a little bit different, but that's basically like the gist of it. It's a pretty simple explanation. So how much so, would it be like cents or is it like a dollar? Um, It varies and it's, kind of frustrating which is why a lot of people like really don't make the bulk of their money through AdSense especially it depends on what kind of ads are being put on your videos what brands are advertising on YouTube too because if they have a really really big budget obviously there's going to be more money to shell out across YouTube and I think also it has gone down because there are so many creators now and so many people monetizing their videos that they can only stretch all of that money so thin. That's true. So, yeah. So it's it, it, it's different every single month. 
which is frustrating and also just unpredictable. So a lot of YouTubers and influencers, they make their money mostly through sponsored ads and then their AdSense money like supplements that because it's not the same every single month. It really depends on what views you're getting. So if you don't mind me asking, like what would be like the average that you would make? So <clears throat> when I started in or in high school, I the first check I ever got was forty six dollars, <laughs> and I was so excited. Hey, about at that. thirteen or fourteen, um, that's like good for just you know having your computer. I know a lot goes into it, but you know you're not having to go out and get a job and be at someone's shift for five hours to make that amount of money. Yeah, exactly. So I thought that was the coolest thing ever when I was 14 years old. Um, And then it just kind of went up from there as my followers grew. So I think when I had like 20,000, 10,000, 20,000, I was making three, $400 a month, but I was also posting like three times a week, which I don't do now because I just have so many other things going on in my life. And also like I try to manage my Instagram and then I have another job and, you know, podcast, my podcast. Yeah. There's just so much. So Right now, I'm dialing it back to one video a week, which is pretty doable. Um, and yeah, it just has gone up from there. I don't, I don't know if I want to share exactly what I make now. No, yeah, because it's different for every. It's different for every YouTuber, and it really just depends on your engagement rate. To be honest, so interesting. Um, so just like getting paid by, you know, like I talk to influencers all the time about them getting paid by brands, and everyone's all over the place. Like, <laughs> no, there's no standard. Yeah. No, and it's so hard. And that for me, as I've gotten older and like have just been working with all different brands, like when I first started, I had no idea what I was doing. I had no idea what I should be charging. No one ever told me. And I actually ended up, my first management company I was ever with was Style Hall. I don't know if you ever have heard of that, but that is like the OG management company for beauty YouTubers way back in the day. Um, and they would decide how much I got paid for me like because they would negotiate with brands for me and typically if you have a management company you will get a little bit less from what I well they take a percentage too right yeah exactly so I feel like I've gotten bigger brand deals on my own just like negotiating and talking to their social media like brand ambassadors at each brand myself um but now I don't know. Now I charge anywhere from like five hundred to three thousand dollars, depending on what type of video it is. You know, how long is it dedicated? I usually don't do dedicated videos, and if I do, I'm gonna charge up the wazoo for it because those are the hardest ones to like. They're the some of the hardest ones to make because the entire video has to be, you know, what the brand wants, but you also want it to resonate with people who watch your channel and it not seem too addy if you know what I mean so I always charge more for those and then I also am able to put backing onto it so I will like pay for sponsored ads on Facebook and on Instagram and all that stuff to promote that video Mm. that way yeah so you knew like in high school it was your goal to be an influencer like that was what you wanted to do and that's where you saw like your life going honestly no because when I first started like the word influencer wasn't even a thing. And so like we were just YouTubers. Like it, there was no influencer. Like people weren't making money or famous on Instagram. Like, I, I don't know. TikTok wasn't a thing. Vine wasn't even a thing when I first started. And so like, I, I never thought that you could be a full-time YouTuber or a full-time influencer. There wasn't that many people doing it. And I still had the mentality that you know, I wanted to go to college and I wanted to get a degree and work in like the beauty industry or skincare or just something that I was passionate about and also still do YouTube at the same time, because if I can make money from that and I can make money, you know, working for a brand or at a job that I absolutely love, like that sounds fantastic to me. I don't know. I've always been a multiple income stream type of person. And that was always the mindset that I had. And it's the mindset that I still have. I think that's the best mindset. I don't think anyone should just have all of their eggs in their nine to five because I've been fired before. And when you get fired from something like that, you like lose your identity and you lose your security. And it 
like if you have just like a little bit of income coming in somewhere else, it just makes it less stressful. And like how I did when I got fired, I ended up going all in on my side hustle. So you have that option. Exactly. And I think that's so smart. And I think just with society today, that's become so normal, you know, to have multiple streams of income and to do different things. And then it also allows you to just express your creativity and different things that you like on a regular basis. And I feel like that's a lot more fulfilling than just doing one single thing. And then, yeah, like you said, if you get fired and that's your whole identity, then like, how like I would feel awful like what would you do it was awful it was terrible I was like never ever again am I doing that yeah so having those different avenues to you know be creative and make money and feel fulfilled is so important and out of high school you went straight to college like you knew I'm moving to LA I'm going to fit him and your parents like yeah let's do it well that's what I thought I was like yes I'm doing it this is the only college that I want to go to I I looked at other schools, but I didn't apply to any other school, which I do not recommend. Um, but I was just so set on going to FITM. There was no other major besides that one that I felt was worth spending the money going to college to get because I actually knew I would like it. And it took a lot of convincing at, from my parents because I am paying for my own college. So they were like, you know, you're going to have to get loans out and you're going to have to pay this back at a later time and obviously I didn't understand to the full extent what that meant at 18 years old and now I do and I'm like wow I spent a lot of money but I still feel like it was worth it but yeah I went straight to college um in LA that was it took a lot of convincing for my parents but once they saw that I was just so serious about it and so excited about it they knew that they could trust me to go out there and go to college and do what I was supposed to do you know they raised me they raised me well and to be a very determined person. So once they knew that I was super serious about it, they were a lot more forward with getting me out there. That's amazing. Having your parents support is crucial. So did you get a dorm or did you get an apartment? So FITM actually doesn't have dorms. They do have like kind of student housing, but it's just in apartments. But I didn't do that actually. I found a roommate through one of the apps that FITM has to like talk to other girls who are going to the school and her name was Riley and she's also from Texas. She's from Dallas, which is why I was like, oh, I could room with her. I feel like we'd be like similar people, whatever. So I messaged her and we talked and the funny thing is she didn't even end up going to FITM, but she still moved to LA and we were roommates and it was the best situation I ever had that's so funny she's the best we're still friends to this day she um went to UT actually it was so funny we keep ending up in the same spot so we're still friends I'm so happy I have her in my life and I'm happy she was my first roommate because I had a good experience with that Yeah, I've had good and bad experiences so we won't get into that but yes be careful of who you choose to roommate with um, so totally. So totally. your first job in LA, what were you doing there? So my very first year in LA, the only thing that I did was my YouTube channel. I really was going all in with that. And my parents were definitely more lenient about me not having to pay as much of the bills and, you know, for my apartment and my car and anything like that. Um, because it was my first year of college and they slowly started handing me things to take over like I think the first thing that I had to pay for was my phone bill and then my car insurance and then you know they just slowly started adding things until I could handle it so that first year I just did YouTube and it was so much fun I feel like I had so much free time too I don't know (laughs) Um, I only went to school three days a week because FITM their schedules are kind of weird like their classes are three hours long so you only have to go once a week but yeah so the days I wasn't at school I was making YouTube videos and then my second year coming back my parents were like okay you need to help out more and I like I wasn't making enough money yet to fully support myself with just YouTube so I got a job at Anthropology. (laughs) (laughs) I love that store yeah I just yeah I know I mean I love that store too I worked at the Anthropology at the Grove in West Hollywood which that was it was wild I didn't really like it at all I just don't think I like big like corporate style 
like retail stores or like stores, like working in that kind of environment, I felt very insignificant. So that only lasted for about five months. And then I was like, mommy, can I please quit? I hate this so (laughs) much. Like I promise I'll make more money on YouTube. And she agreed. So I quit that. And then I finished out my degree and right out of FITM, I actually ended up getting a position as a blog editor and social media assistant for Persona Cosmetics, which was so awesome. That was like the coolest job right out of FITM. I wrote the blog for simplysona.com. The people I worked for, she's also a YouTuber. Her name's Sona Gasparian. She's awesome. Her YouTube is amazing. She's like a beauty YouTuber. She also used to be a makeup artist, but I worked for her and her makeup brand. And that was really, really fun. I worked there for about nine months until I made the decision that I needed to move back to Austin to finish out my bachelor's degree. But while I was there, that was like probably the coolest job I ever had in LA for sure. And I did learn so much. And I learned, you know, that Yes, I do love beauty and I loved working in the beauty industry, but my real passion that I loved more than anything was social media. So I I felt okay that I could land in a social media position in any type of business and I would love it, which was very freeing for me because when I first went to college, I was so set on only working in the beauty industry. And as I got older, I realized, no, like my true passion is social media. And yeah, that would be really fun to do in the beauty industry, but I could do it anywhere and for any type of company, really. And I would still love it. So that also helped me to make the decision to move back to Austin. So I was like, well, I can get another job there and just finish my degree. And school's temporary, yeah. you know, it'll be over in two, three years. And then I have my whole life to find a job that I want or make the job that I want. Yes, definitely. So, yeah, those are Did all my you jobs. get a part of like the LA influencer scene? I did somewhat, but I also like most of my friends weren't influencers. Like I had a few here and there who were, but I find myself I found myself really connecting with people who weren't because a lot of people in LA, it's sad to say who are influencers it's just a very competitive environment Mm -hmm. and competitive nature. Like everyone has this mentality when they move to LA or most people at least that they want to be someone or they are trying to do something. And so I feel like it can just get very competitive and toxic and just feel very fake. Like my friendships with other influencers there just didn't feel as genuine as my friends with people who well it's like influencers influencers or friends with influencers to give themselves you know more follow you know that followers are you know being hanging out yeah exactly and for me that just wasn't like a fulfilling relationship and it wasn't something that I cared to grow or like pay attention to um and I've learned that as I got older that I I don't know maybe it was just the type of people in LA or the type of people that I was surrounded by because I've met influencers and people who do YouTube and blogs and run their own businesses here in Austin and everyone is yeah no I got the same vibe in LA so I think it's an LA thing (laughs) yeah I I really do too but yeah like I said everyone moves there to try to be someone or do something or start something and so it's just very competitive and not very genuine yeah I remember I would spray tan influencers in LA and um I, you know, they are very much like, you're the spray tanner and that's it. Like, we're not friends. Like, you do my spray tans, bye. So, and here in Austin, it was yeah. like, well, we're also friends. Like, it's, it's like, I'm mm-hmm. not just someone providing a service for you. Like, it's just so different. It's like, people actually want to be friends and I'm friends with influencers that are clients. So, it's just it's so different. It's just, people are like, have open arms here. Yes, they really do. And in LA, I think that can make like that made me feel very alone a lot of the times because not a lot of friendships felt real. And, you know, that was a total 180 when I moved back to Austin and I feel completely different now. I love everyone who I've met here who is a creative and like me and you. I, I literally, I was so glad that I, I know. met I just you. had so. a crazy kimchi photo shoot. <laughs> oh my gosh. I know. <laughs> I made what I made it in one picture. They, it don't... was the one. It just is like yeah, my arm. Too. I think it's the same. And I was like, I thought we did so good. Yeah, I know. Okay, well, I met fine. you, and it's I met fine, Hannah, it was so, a... and that's all that matters because I'm friends with Hannah too. It... 
Yes, exactly. Thank I you. love her. Um, so just a little bit more about influencing. Um, what is it like having to create YouTube videos? Like, are you planning it out or are you that week? Like, what is your, what does it look like? So I am someone who I'm a big planner and once a month I will write a bunch of topics in a notebook or like on my iPad or something. I just sit and have a brainstorm session uninterrupted for like 10, 15 minutes. I usually will set a timer. And I write down every single idea that I think could be a decent video. And then after the 15 minutes is up, I will kind of do research online. But I always brainstorm beforehand because I don't want to be clouded by what other people are posting. And I know that it's great to post like popular content and to get clicks and likes and whatever. But I also really try to make content that like I'm genuinely excited about because if I had you know, a million, two million, three million followers, but I hate the content I make. It's not going to be worth it. It's not going to be fun. And I'm probably going to get burnt out. So I've always kind of had that mentality of like, well, I don't want to be too influenced by other people and make content that's like the same. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So I'll do that. And then now I just film on the weekend. So either on Saturday or Sunday, whatever day I feel like it changes week to week. I usually will film at least one or two videos and filming takes forever (laughs) it takes so long and having things that are like exciting to film is also really hard especially when I'm vlogging so that that's less planned but all the stuff that's not vlogging is planned um so that can take anywhere to plan a video it can take anywhere from an hour to three hours and then filming can take anywhere from like two to four hours and then if you're filming a vlog obviously you're doing that all day and then editing can take anywhere I think the quickest I can edit a video is like three hours and the longest I've ever spent is probably like two days so it really just depends on the content that you're making and you know what kind of graphics you want to put in and music and how much you really have to cut the video because if like I messed up a, a billion times obviously I'm gonna have to watch and rewatch and cut and paste and it just, it takes a while wow, so I'm tired it's definitely the most think it, talk about it <laughs> yeah it's the most time consuming social media for sure but if you're someone who's like I'm really creative and I love doing things like that so it's fun yeah. for me I'm, I'm not gonna lie it does get stressful sometimes like I get really stressed out with brand videos because I just want everything to be perfect I'm so like I just want them to love it and love me and I want this to get views so I usually like stress myself out about that but yeah that's basically how long it takes wow I have a newfound appreciation for people who do YouTube (laughs) because I could never how do you yeah it's how do you stay inspired just because you enjoy doing it and you're like this is like what you want to be doing You know, I'm not going to lie. I am not always inspired to make new videos. And it's sometimes feels like I've just been making the same thing over and over or my stuff isn't that unique. And when I get in a rut like that, I usually need to step back from social media and I stop looking at what other people are posting and other things. And a lot of the times to get inspiration, I will just go through like my Pinterest like I love Pinterest so much and that gives me a lot of inspiration I'll see like someone's blog post or like an outfit idea or like I don't know a recipe and I'm like oh I would love to share that and so Pinterest is a really big source of inspiration for me and then just what I hear from people in my daily life like I made a lot of videos because my friends were like how do you do this or like what kind of makeup should I buy for my oily skin or what kind of skincare should I have if I have combination skin? And I make videos that way because I know that there are people, real people that I know are talking about that and want to hear that. And if they are, then I'm sure other people would also want to hear and see that. So I get inspiration from Pinterest and also just people in my life. Also, so for your Instagram, do you ever hire a photographer or do you do like the tripod thing or what do you do? So on Instagram, I either will do a tripod photo shoot with myself 
or I've recruited my boyfriend to take a bunch of my pictures. We all do like a mini shoot day and I'll shoot like four or five outfits at once. And then I also get together with some of my other like creator friends. Like I'm friends with Sonali. She is literally amazing. I love her so much. Her social media is at so gnarly, which I think is so like punny and I love that but she is actually a photographer so when I shoot with her we'll use her camera and we shoot each other and just basically like collaborating with people yeah. like that you know so we can both get content my boyfriend and then tripod it really just depends on who's available yeah. at the time. <laughs> and then so how would you get a brand to work with you or do you do you reach out to the brands or do you always just wait for them to reach out to you so I've done both it really depends. Most of my brand deals, I feel like I have gotten though, because they've reached out to me. And the way that brands will find an influencer or have found me is by me talking so openly and repetitively about like their products or their brand. So an example is I have worked with Derma E for a really, really long time. They're a clean beauty like skincare brand I love them so much and they actually found me on YouTube because I have been I had been raving for months and months and months about their purifying charcoal cleanser and I used it for like two years and showed it on my channel and I genuinely just love this product and so that's how they found me they offered me to become one of their like squad ambassadors and I got to do so many awesome things with them so definitely the more you share, you know, things that you like, brands you like, they will notice, especially if you're just talking about it all the time, because they would rather hire someone who genuinely loves their products and loves their brand and is already talking about them because it's just so natural of a collaboration that it resonates well with their followers. So I've gotten um, sponsorships through both. I've reached out to some brands via email or when conventions were a thing back in the day I used to go to like Generation Beauty and BeautyCon and StyleCon and stuff like that and brands would actually have booths that you could go to and usually their social media person would be at that booth and I would just straight walk up to them and be like hi I'm Cicely like nice to meet you I have a YouTube channel I would love to work with you um but that's not really a thing anymore. So mainly through email or like Instagram DMs or just posting about products. Okay. And now what made you want to get into podcasting? Because is it just like the more the merrier or like what? I don't know how you do it all. That's my point. Yeah, I know. I do a lot. I, I know. <laughs> and we started I'm, who, I'm just like, I want to. I think. I know. And we didn't yeah, talk about I, it. We did, it like, right like, around the- Hey, I'm starting. It was very, like, oh, shoot. We both started around the same time. So we were thinking alike. Yeah, exactly. I, like, feel like it was really out of the blue. Or people thought it was out of the blue for me because everyone was like, what? No way. Like, I don't know. Probably because I just already do so much. But I really wanted to start a podcast just because I'm so, I'm so in love with the podcast space. And I am an avid listener of podcasts. Like, I listen to one every single day. Oh, by the way, for a second, can we talk about how the Skinny Confidential lives in Austin, Texas now? (laughs) I know. Oh my, I listened to their podcast today. Me too. And I was like, no freaking way. Honestly, I would totally work for her. And I was like, dang, I'm kind of excited that she moved to Austin. But I'm like, no wonder they've been they've been here quite a few times in the last year and I was like well they're very you know? um her husband seems kind of conservative like more like I like a lot of people even like me with my business in California like I'm so freaking over it like I'm not supposed to be open my salon's not supposed to be open like there's no support like my unemployment they put me on like oh you need to validate your identity yeah. I'm like cool so I don't get paid till I get an email like like what like this is the world that we live in with California so like I just feel like more and more people are going to be leaving there especially people who have a business like them who can work anywhere like why would you be in California oh a hundred percent I really the way that California has like handled small businesses and things like that is just not the greatest in my opinion obviously that's my opinion but it's not yeah I just don't feel like they have so I definitely see like the reason and the need for a lot of people moving here and yeah I don't know I think it's cool it's 
I think it's awesome that all these businesses and all these brands are moving to Austin because it's just making the city even cooler in my opinion and it's it's I don't know I just I love it so much and now now I never want to leave well LA is coming to you (laughs) I know isn't that so funny it's like the weirdest thing like stuff like that happens in my life all the time where I'm like I never thought it would work out like this but it really did and it worked out the best way it could you know ahead of the pulse but yeah I'm so excited and I'm secretly manifesting that she chooses to like use me to spray tan her because I know she's a big spray tanner so just putting that out into the universe yes oh my god manifest that I bet you will I took a bath last night was just like thinking about it I'm like I'm just gonna like imagine like her follow like coming on my Instagram like that's how psycho it's been yeah, and you you know she would promote the heck out of you too because she definitely promotes the people who do things. Yeah, for her. and it was funny. Like my other beauty service friends called me today. They're like, "Oh my god, that's so awesome! She moved here. We need to work with her." So it's like, I'm sure everyone in Austin's excited yeah. to like have someone new with a big, you know, um, following and like celebrity type status and all of that. And because there's not that many really in Austin. Yeah, there's not. I feel like there's a lot of um, smaller influencers and businesses and creators and things like that, which is awesome. But yeah, you're right. It'll be great. It'll be totally different and new for the city and just, yeah, like you, like beauty service providers and things like that. So I think it'll be really great. And I'm kind of excited to see where... where Or where may like you. You'd be great working for her. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my gosh, I would kill to work for her and help her like Well we'll mani- manifest or, like, that too. Management or like Yeah, like I literally commented on her Instagram post when she posted us she's moving to Austin. I was like, I would literally <laughs> kill to work for you. Like I am so bold in the comments. So I don't funny. care. Because I'm I feel like she's the type of person who would see that and be like, Yes, yeah. bitch. Well, like you, you know are what also I mean? really talented. So we'll get into that in a second in your graphics. Well, I'm you. always like amazed at the work that you do. Thank you. Um, so what is the hardest part? Um, what were we talking about? Oh, the podcast. About yes. Why okay. is the podcast? Yeah. So I basically just started a podcast because I love I love listening to podcasts. I feel like I am a great speaker. I'm a great talker. I have a million things to talk about all the time. And I just really wanted to share like my own personal experiences with people, you know, when it comes to growing up and you know, trying to find out what you want with your career and managing relationships and time management and school and life. And I don't know, the more people that I can help and reach with that, the better. And so I thought a podcast would be a great avenue. And honestly, for me, like the podcast is the easiest thing that I do. I thought 100%. it would be way harder. And I, I really only... did. Yeah, so did I. And I, I think too, that it is like the easiest thing that I do because I've like YouTube to me is the hardest. <laughs> so I've already done the hardest. Yeah, that's true. Um, you have that to compare it and to. I don't know. I love it. Yeah, it's it's really honestly just like a creative outlet that is for me, but it's also for other people. And I love that it can yeah. be both. Things like that. And I don't know. I just I really love yeah, it. Yeah, I do too. It's do you find it hard to like stay consistent? Or some weeks you're just like, God, it's just like a nose in the back of your head. You have to stay consistent and post on, you know, the exact day that you told your followers you'd be posting. Yes. Oh my gosh. So I... It's like a dark cloud that follows me sometimes. Uh, I'm like, yes. You know what? It it so does. And that happens to me with my YouTube channel too. So I just feel like I feel that way all the time <laughs> and so I'm glad that you do too because now I feel more it's normal. just it's hard because but... it's like okay my son like I'm starving right now like I want to be eating dinner like he goes to bed in 20 minutes like I just got done spray tanning I'm probably not yeah. going to see him that much he's going to go to bed so it's just like it's a sacrifice that you have to make with your time yeah exactly and same with you but even for you being here with is... me too yeah but that's why I decided to break up my podcast into seasons so I could at least have like a two-week hiatus between seasons so I'm doing about 15 episodes per season and then I'll take a break and that way I just I feel less burnt out that way and I don't know more creative and it gives me time to like miss podcasting do you know what I mean so 
And I think that's really important with anything that you do. You need to give yourself a little bit of space to relax and take a break and step aside because then you won't lose your passion yeah, for it. Yeah, I'm the type where like, I'm like this with working out. So I won't go more than two days without working out because then I feel like myself, I'll never work out again. So I'm like that with my podcast. Like I'm never going to miss a week because then it'll turn into two weeks or three weeks. Like I just like know like that's how I used to be. And that's probably not how I used to like am anymore, yeah. but like that's in the back of my head. Like I'm just never going to miss a week because then I never give myself the opportunity to get lackadaisical. Yeah, I get that. I totally do. I think what's kept me accountable is like when this season one ended, I posted about it on Instagram and was like season one ended today and season two begins on this date. So I still have a hard date that I'm uploading again. And that helps. Yeah, it's a commitment to to your followers. Like I may have, you know, 50 to 60 people listening a week, like whatever. But like those 50, 60 people, you know, mean everything. Are looking forward to it. Yeah, exactly. Like, my podcast is not that big yet, like, at all. Um, I want it to be one day. But still, yeah, you know, those 50, 60, 100 people that are listening, I'm like, I feel really obligated to them. I I'm know. Like, I, have, I need to post this Because well, I them. think about, okay, if, like, I, like, listen to this, going to be confidential, we'll just keep referring to them. Like, if they missed a week, I'd be like, what the hell? Or I went on, like, a call her daddy kick. Yeah. And I had to stop listening to it because, like, she's just too raunchy. And, like, I noticed... I would talk like her on my podcast. Have, do you have to? Do you have to like oh, no. limit who you listen to so you don't like accidentally, like subliminally, like start talking to like them? Does that make sense? Yeah. No, I totally get that. So the funny thing is, that's how I feel about YouTube. So I don't really watch. I don't watch any creators that make the same type of content that I do for that reason. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I literally don't do that for that reason because I don't want to like pick something up and think that it's me and it's totally some other person and someone comment and be like you totally copied yeah. so and so I had and to stop I have listening no to idea. her because like the way she so, talks is like but, very specific and I was like I can't she would say like so love funny. that like all the time like super obnoxiously you know and so oh I caught myself saying that it's one time I was so like oh my god never yeah. again like I need to stop listening to that <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, I don't I don't feel that way about podcasting, but I also don't again listen to a lot of podcasts that are like mine. So I feel like I don't really get that. Like I listen to Mile Higher podcasts, which they talk about like true crime and conspiracies and just like weird funky things like that. And then I listen to the armchair expert with Dak Shepard and that I've one's very that, yeah. interview based. Yeah, and it's it's almost kind of like a therapy session and I really love that and then I listened to don't blame me with Megan ranks and I love that that's probably one of my favorite podcasts and that's an advice podcast so people call in and then they like give their advice so yeah I feel like I just don't listen to a lot of podcasts that are, that are a similar or like just like mine so I yeah it's something that I I'm I'm very like that that like I need to be really careful like whose Instagram stories I'm watching like because I get very like clouded and like comparing myself to everyone else around me so I have to be really careful of like what I'm listening to what I'm watching those type of things yeah I get that I think it might have been harder if I hadn't been like doing social media and just on the internet for like so in your long DNA. like I've been on YouTube <laughs> for almost yeah I've been on YouTube for like nine years or something like that so I don't know I feel like I probably was like that when I was younger and just starting out um but now I'm like I kind of know who I am I know at least what I want to share so so your graphics are amazing I've told you that like a million times like what are your go-to like how did you learn that like tell me all about it so I am a hundred percent (laughs) self-taught and I again I said it earlier I'm just like a really creative and artsy person and my whole family is like this I'm just the only one who does like physical artsy type stuff and I love digital art so I've learned a lot through like watching tutorials on YouTube or just like playing with programs like I got photoshop I think when I was like 13 and I used to make like layouts for myspace (laughs) and things like that and like do html for fun like who (laughs) does that um 
So I just like love that kind of stuff. And when I started YouTube, I started really getting into thumbnails and I made those all with Pick Monkey. I, <laughs> I don't know, know what if that you is. know yeah. what that is, but that was like, yeah, that was like an editor that everyone used back in the day. And then I don't know, I don't just practice. I also look at a lot of graphics again, like on Pinterest to get inspiration. So I'm like, oh, like those color combinations, beautiful. I'll use that on a graphic mm-hmm. or, you know, things like that. Um, and yeah, I'm, That's amazing. I'm self-taught. I don't know. I just, I love doing graphics. I also got an iPad in the last, I think like six months and I got the iPad Pro with the Apple Pencil, literally changed my life. I am a Procreate <laughs> gal now. I make like gifts. I make stuff for my pockets Instagram I make stuff for YouTube I also got into like web design in the last year so I have designed websites for a few different companies not any of the like coding part but just the Mm -hmm. aesthetics part um yeah I don't know I use Photoshop now I use Illustrator a lot and I also love Canva that is such a great website and app so easy anyone can use anyone can use canva and make something incredibly beautiful like the interface is great there's so many designs to pick from for all different types of websites and platforms um so i highly recommend canva to anyone listening if you you know have a podcast or a business or something and you want to make cool graphics and maybe that's not like your forte try out i agree it's like the easiest tool but i always recommend to use it on the computer not your phone because it's do you ever notice it's kind of glitchy Yes, I like never use it on my phone. I usually use it on my yeah. iPad or my computer. The iPad does pretty well, um, but the computer definitely yeah. is the best. What other is there any other tools or apps or like do you use like Pezza or anything for your filters or do you do all of that on Photoshop? So for my filters, I don't use like the Tezza app for my Instagram feed or anything. Sometimes I'll use it for like a story. Like I posted a story tonight and I used it to get like a cool like vintagey vibe. I don't I love that, but that that for me is like too heavy for my Instagram photos. I really like my photos to be super bright and either have like bright colors or just be I don't know, very bright and clean and nice so everything's visible and I okay, use yeah. Lightroom for that. So I have bought a ton of presets off of Etsy. If anyone listening wants a preset and doesn't want to spend an arm and a leg, literally go to Etsy and look for a preset because I think I have like at least 30 presets and they were all like, I don't know, a dollar a piece, $2 a piece, $3 a piece. Like people have whole stores dedicated just to selling presets that are like so affordable. So I found a ton on there. The one that I'm using now is called Be Trendy. That's like what the filter is called. But I don't just like click the filter and it's done. Like I have to do a lot of refining usually on each photo to make sure the lighting's right and things like that. So I just kind of play with it. And then I use the app Planoly to plan my feed before mm-hmm. I post it. That way I can see like if the colors match or if I need to tweak something before it actually How goes live. How planned out are you? Are you like pretty planned out on your Instagram? So last year, since I was working from home, I was like a two weeks, three weeks planned out. But now I'm about a week ahead, which that's pretty solid. I say if you can be at least a week ahead, you're doing really, really well. Um, So every single weekend, I will shoot content and plan out my content for the week and just batch work it. I find like batch working is the best for me, especially just having so many different things that I do like and with a nine to five now, if I batch work at all, I feel so much more at ease throughout the week. What is it like balancing? Like, do you have free time? <laughs> so, yes, I do. Um, I would definitely say, like, I don't do as many things as I used to. But also, we're in a pandemic True. and you really yeah. can't do that as many things as you used to. So, like, for someone who just like I love what I do on my social media and I love what I do on my podcast and on my YouTube like even though yes like it is kind of like a job it's so fun to me so it doesn't really feel like a job like I 
used to make YouTube videos in my free time in high school because I just loved it. And that's how it started. And that's how it still kind of feels for me. Um, and so I don't know. I love it. I don't, I just have to really plan, honestly. And I keep a planner and literally plan to the hour on some days to make sure I can get everything done. And then typically at night, by 9 p.m., I'm in bed, skincare done, watching my Netflix show. And yeah, that is my I respect that because I'm not. I'm like 11 o'clock working, doing it. But it's because I have a kid. You know, it's hard during the day. It's just I utilize nap times. Yeah. Oh, totally. Like, I only have me and my cat <laughs> to worry about. So it's it's pretty okay. Um, And yeah, I always just make sure I have a hard stop time at some point in the night and lately it's been nine since I wake up so early for work that way I can just you know veg out no and watch phone? Netflix or listen to music yeah I usually just put my cell phone down and I'll just like watch Netflix and be present or read a book or now since the last year I lived with my parents when I'm finishing college I would hang out with them or play with the dog or just like do something that had nothing to do with social media at work or my phone because for a while I was really bad about checking my email like at least once an hour I'd be I'd wake up 7 a.m first thing I look at my email no one should ever do that it drives me nuts um and it produced a lot of anxiety for me so yeah I always have a hard time for the day and that is your number one social media tip (laughs) oh gosh Oh, I didn't think about this beforehand. That's okay. um, it's better when it's off the fly. I think my number, yeah, I think my number one tip for social media is just to be consistent. And I feel like a lot of people say that, but it's true because there are creators all across the board. Some have the most beautiful content you've ever seen, but they're not consistent and they're not connecting with their audience because they're not posting and they're not commenting back or they're not, you know, doing things like that. And they're not very successful. And then you see some people who just whip out their iPhone and film a YouTube video and post it with hardly any editing. And they have millions and millions of followers, but it's because they're continuously showing up, you know, whether it's daily or weekly or, you know, a few days a week, the more consistent you are, the better your engagement's going to be, the better your community is going to be. And, I don't know people just feel like they can connect mm-hmm. with someone who shows up and yeah I think my number one tip is to be consistent yeah, I agree I see even like other service providers who haven't posted in like a week sometimes even like three weeks and to me it looks like you're no longer in business and that's like the same thing with like influencers yeah, that's like much. if you go that long are you no longer like providing content like should I still be following you Yeah, totally. And I feel like if you are going to go, you know, a week or two without posting, at least put like a disclaimer, like I am taking a break for a week. So people, yeah, don't unfollow you or think that you're not coming back. Um, Being an influencer is running a business. You're branding yourself. You are your business. So it's the same thing. Just like you said, if a service provider doesn't post for a week or two, are they in business anymore? Who knows? Same thing for influencers. Yeah, I agree. So you have your full-time job now. Um, I know we talked a little bit on the side, like about like you maybe starting like a social media agency. Like what was the decision between like going full-time in your job versus like going all in, even in your other revenue streams? Yeah. So I like in the last year really thought I was like, wow, I think that I want a social media agency. That's ultimately my end career goal I want to work for myself and the reason I came to that conclusion was because I started doing freelance social media marketing and freelance graphic design and stuff like that while I was finishing my degree in 2020 so I just I really fell in love with it and I was so excited about it but I ultimately decided to stick with getting a nine-to-five for now just because where I was at in my freelancing I I, like wasn't making enough to pay for my student loans and pay all my bills and support myself yet and I still feel like I have quite a bit to learn so I'm I'm still doing some freelancing on the side and I'm still developing my skills so that I can move that way but I honestly feel like the place that I've landed 
since I'm working for a small business, it's really eye opening and I'm learning so much about what it means to have a team and, you know, I do SEO. So I'm learning so much about SEO that's going to be helpful for me. And if I ever want to run an agency and things like that. So it really was because the job was just such a good fit. And also I did. What, so like, say, I don't know, it's a year down the road and you're like thinking about pivoting and going all in yourself would it be like the money is it like you know a certain amount of followers that you have in your head like what is it like that you see in your mind where what it would take because a lot of people the reason I'm asking is because a lot of people are probably you know deciding between the things that you're deciding and like kind of have like a little bit of extra income but then should I go full-time in a job like what you know is the criteria for you to go in all in on yourself basically Yeah. So for me, it's, it's not really about the followers. It's about, you know, can I make enough money to support my living expenses to support myself so that I can do that full time. And I wasn't at that point yet. So Mm -hmm. obviously I had to get another job. And I think, you know, as I continue to do my social media and as I continue to do my podcast and freelance, if I start making enough money where I'm surpassing or at least getting to the job that I'm at now yeah heck yeah I'm gonna quit (laughs) like I'd rather work for myself so I think it's just getting to a comfortable living wage (laughs) and that's when I would definitely quit but I'm really young so like I can I always forget that I think I said Um, that when I met you I'm like how are you 23 yeah I know I know I'm always the youngest person at everywhere that I work I'm the youngest you don't even talk Every, out of anyone you don't even talk that like I know that's weird. my sister is 24 and I hope she doesn't listen to this episode and she's like so that's immature <laughs> like <laughs> like it's just so different so funny I don't know I feel like yeah I feel like I've always just kind of been like that like growing up since I moved so much I was mainly around adults all the time. Like I was with my parents and my family that were adults and then like their friends and stuff. Like I never, like my friends never really stuck with me until I moved to Austin and I was a lot older. So I think growing up that I was just around so much, so many adults. So (laughs) I ended up just kind of, I don't know, speaking that way and growing up really fast. And then I've always just been like really independent because of that. So I don't know. I think I just figure out what I wanted early and went after You're just going to do so well. I'm just so excited to even talk to you when you're going to be like pivoting and like, you know, making that decision. It's probably not going to take long, you know, for, you know, a year or two years for you to go all in on yourself and have that conversation of like what that looks like for you, because that's just like one of the reasons I started my podcast is having these conversations where you're haven't made the decision yet you know like I feel like podcasts all the time where it's like you know I think I've talked to you about this before it's like I'm already in target I'm already you know have a million dollar company it's like well what about Mm -hmm. like you know talking to you where it's like I'm 23 like I want to learn more things and then go in on myself in a few years exactly and I you know I really really think that I can get there oh yeah in two years for sure like I feel like I feel like but I'll be 25 and if oh my gosh if I'm working for myself at 25 actually when I'm working for myself at 25 let's just yeah. manifest it um it's gonna be amazing and I'm pumped and I'm excited my family is really supportive about it my extended family is too like my grandma I have a lot of entrepreneurs in my family and so do you I know, know I feel like that's just something you know I'm, I'm really Sorrell? excited to work for Oh my gosh, you, we should all no. hang out because she is like always hard. Like she's just amazing at like negotiations and getting, she always talks about like getting, you know, the most money and she helps a lot of her friends. And she's told like me so many mm-hmm. times that like, her influencer friends should have gone earlier, like in full time into themselves because they should be asking for this amount, this amount. She's just like really good at that space. Like you should follow uh-huh. her. She's like an OG Austin um blogger so she's just been around the game for a while and I just feel Mm -hmm. like you guys would she can give you a lot of good insight too because she's always like yeah yeah she's amazing follow her 
Yeah, yes. we'll all have to hang out. You'll uh, have to introduce me. So what is, so the last question, what advice do you have someone who is kind of like you dabbling all these different things? Like what advice do you have? <clears throat> you're fine. Had to cough. Um, can you no, you're fine. So what sorry. advice do you have some, to someone who's doing all the things that you're doing, like who's maybe in your shoes or wants to be in your shoes, who wants to start a, you know, a YouTube channel, who wants to start a podcast? Like what is some advice that you could give? So the first piece of advice I can give is that if you are really passionate and excited about something or you really want to be doing something with your life, whether that's like any type of social media podcast, you know, or being a creator, anything like that, just start. Like, don't be afraid. Don't think you have to be perfect when you start. Don't think you have to have the perfect equipment or know everything because I did it when I started and no one does. Like we all start with zero followers. We all start with barely any knowledge. Um, And I think starting is half the battle. Like once you can put yourself out there, then it only goes up from there. So I think if you're really wanting to start something, just go ahead and start it and continue to learn more about what you're doing so that you can improve and, you know, just continuously make your content or your brand or your business better. And then again, just be really consistent. If this is something that you want to do, the more consistent you are, the more that you show up for people, the more that they are also going to show up for you. And yeah, I don't know. Just never give up. I have had some times where I'm like, oh, should I just throw in the towel and quit YouTube? And then I'm like, I've built this thing up for so many years and I've, you know, had some success at it. And so I'm everyone like, gets I don't know. I everyone get there gets and I've been spray tanning for years and it's like, I suck at spray tanning or is this worth it? I mean, those are just normal conversations everyone will have and no matter exactly. what industry. Exactly. But at the end of the day, you know, when I really think about what I want to be doing with my life in five or 10 years, like I want to be my own boss. I want to be running my own social media agency and teaching other people how, you know, to start their own YouTube channels and to be successful on Instagram or to market their business. Like that's what I really want to be doing because that's what I really love. And that's what I started doing for myself. So crazy to me. 15. And yeah. And then now I'm doing it for companies and yeah, I'm just, I'm excited. I'm pumped. And that's, that's my advice for anyone wanting to kind of get into what. Well, thank I'm, you so much. That's I'm great into. advice. And I'm so glad you came on. This was such a great episode and I really can't wait to keep following your journey and just seeing like what comes from it because I know it's going to be great. This thank was... you I had so much fun I love being on other people's isn't podcasts. it so it's nice so different it's like wow like I don't have to like control it or like you know because when you're talking to someone you have to constantly be thinking about like the next thing that you're gonna say but also be listening to them so it's like this like constant mm-hmm. like battle between totally like, sometimes you'll lose it and you're like oh shit shit I need to think of something you know it's so yeah 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 of course nice well thank you again me. and I look forward just to keep following your journey Yay, thank you. Me too. I am so excited about Sunless oh, Rain. Thank Austin. you. I'm, You're doing I tried. so well. It's just it's been a really hard year. So I appreciate those words. It's not been easy with COVID. Spray tanning and COVID don't go together. Oh, I bet. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Oh, I totally oh, get thank that. Thank you so I much. I know well. I need to spray tan you still. We need to schedule something. DM me after this. Okay, sounds good. Have yes. a great night. Okay, well. Thank you again for tuning in to another episode of Don't Call Me Girl Boss. Every week I interview a new woman small business owner and we go over the struggles of owning a business, what her story is, and so much more. Please, if you are enjoying this podcast, please subscribe and leave us a review. And just thank you again for listening. And if you are interested in nominating someone, please go ahead and go to the website don'tcallmegirlboss.com and there is a nomination form for you to fill out. Thank you again. Bye.